TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 516, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom, and I'm interim chair of the Department of Communication at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Yusun, coming to you from Los Angeles, costume designer and TV enthusiast. Hey, it's Peter. I live in Hollywood, and I write for whysoblue.com. All right, let's start off with the news, and Tom, hit us. What you got? Amazon has announced that Malachi Kirby has been cast as a lead in Neil Gaiman's upcoming series, Anansi Boys. CW has canceled The Outpost after four seasons, and the finale will air in October. Disney Plus picked up High School Musical, the musical, the series for season three. Plot twist, uh, this season is going to be set at a sleepaway camp and shot in Los Angeles instead of in Utah. Steph Curry's unanimous media has signed a content deal uh, valued in the high eight-figure range with Comcast, NBC, Universal, and he's going to be doing a bunch of stuff, including scripted and unscripted TV projects, DreamWorks animation projects for kids and family, NBC Sports, NBC News Studio, MSNBC and CNBC, Universal Parks and Resorts, and Comcast Xfinity. It's just like give up. They're just giving all their money to, to Steph Curry. Um, the most news this week came from Netflix. Idris Elba will star in a Luther movie with Woo-hoo! Cynthia, with Cynthia Erivo, with Cynthia Erivo and Andy Serkis. Emily Deschanel is going to star in a limited series, Devil in Ohio. They've ordered a heist drama, Jigsaw, with Giancarlo Esposito and Paz Vega in the cast. Haley Atwell is going to voice Lara Croft for the Tomb Raider anime series. Gwendolyn Christie will play Morticia Adams' rival Larissa Weems in the forthcoming Wednesday series. Narcos Mexico is going to end with season three. And Dan Levy has signed a fat deal for eight figures under competitive circumstances for film and television. Wow. Uh, Ryan Robbins, who was uh, part of Tolan Robbins, the production company that produced Smallville, has is now the CEO at Paramount. Go, Brian. Showtime has announced that Elizabeth Shue will join the Uber anthology series Super Pumped. And Sony has announced that Anthony Mackie will play the lead John Doe in Twisted Metal live action series based on the vehicular combat video game. What? Okay, then. All right, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk Only Murders in the Building. And this episode was a little weird because they leave the building. Like, the entire episode is like a road trip, and I feel like they've broken the contract and we were going to stay in the building, which was really cool. Go ahead, Tom. I forgot. Somehow I didn't put it in the news. Only Murders has been picked up for season two. Oh, yay! Not surprised. Yeah, not surprised. But, I mean, what did you think of uh, this episode? Tom? I thought it, w- I thought it was actually kind of fun to get out of the building. And, and, and the, getting, the getting there was definitely half the fun. I mean, just trying to 
You park a car in the building? <laughs> oh, you have to drive. I, uh, my license expired 25 years ago. <laughs> that, all of that was funny. I just, I think my frustration was the, the plot for this episode was we need to find out where Selena Gomez has been lying to them and they want to confront her. And the entire episode is them just following her. And we don't really get to the confrontation until the last five seconds. Yep. So I think I was frustrated by that more, more than them actually leaving the building. You know, in one respect, you could say it felt like a little bit of filler. A lot of bit of but filler. I, but but I thought it was kind of a fun change of pace. And especially when, uh, because Steve Martin is totally not convinced that she's bad. And Martin Short, of course, is totally convinced that he's bad. And he's filming the podcast on the fly the whole time. So could you say that again for the microphone? <laughs> um, I worry if doing too many episodes could dilute the strength of, you know, just doing a solid first season. And also... If How many episodes seasons, are they doing? I'm not sure if they're doing eight or ten. Okay. Uh, but yeah, this one does feel a little fillery to me. And I was a little frustrated. I mean, the it, reason I, I don't mind is the actors are just so much fun to watch. Not, not to, I'm not disagreeing at all. They are. Especially they are. when Martin and Short are sniping at each other. They, but I just, I could feel it in the episode. But uh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, you said, go ahead. I am, um, I'm kind of split exactly down the middle. Um, I think the strength of this episode works because uh, the chemistry and the comedy between Steve Martin, uh, you know, and Martin Short. I mean, it's redundant and ob obvious to just say they're comedy gold and, you know, comedy masters. Um, I I do find it a little like, you know, they broke the contract and it kind of would have been neat for them to just. You know, but here's the thing. It's not like they weren't outside of the building ever. That's how they met in that diner. You know what I mean? But but once once the pact was made and once the whatever, it kind of would have been neat to just as as part of the conceit that, you know, nothing take place outside of there. But but they went to go see Liz Lemon. I mean, I don't, I don't remember her character <laughs> here, but you know, <laughs> they went to go see. That's true. You know, but I think characters. that was just so fast that it didn't bother yeah, me. Yeah. So that's what I mean by I'm split right down the middle. I, I, I don't feel it was full but it wasn't my favorite episode. Honestly, I can't even remember a lot of the stuff. Um, I didn't mind it because uh, as much as you did, Libya, but I didn't love it either. And yeah, it would have been fine if they had never left and, and hadn't done this whole thing. But I do think it advanced the the script and uh, or the plot or whatever. Um, so, but I, I mean, really, I'm parroting both both of what you guys said. I'm right down the middle. I definitely enjoyed the episode, um, and I think it was more because I, at this point, I'm very invested in the characters. And also, I will just say this: I am having a good time, uh, you know, just watching the mystery unfold. You know what yeah. I mean? I, you know, it's it's really it's. I mean, it is supposed to be about a mystery, but they could have easily just used that as a, you know, as a excuse to watch these guys and including Selena. And let me talk about Selena for a minute because well, I, we haven't. I was going to say, okay. but let, yeah, I was like, let's move because we got a lot of shows. So yeah. don't, don't, yeah. don't get too no, sidetracked. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to say that um, I wasn't I'm not a big fan and ever have been, uh, but I like her on this. I like her and I think she's a wonderful foil to the guys. You know what I mean? Uh, and I especially like her her uh, interaction between uh, Steve uh, Martin's character. So, yeah, I mean, of course. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to give her props because we haven't talked about her. OK, cool. 
Uh, next up, I mean, I'd say for the most part, it's thumbs up. But uh, sure. next up, we're going to talk about what we do in the shadows and the latest episode. You guys go. Oh, my gosh. This ex- this episode was a hoot from when they replaced the standard opening credits with shots of Atlantic City. I'm like, okay, they're, they're, they're in it. <laughs> they're in it. And such a simple yet elegant, you know, they're going to Vegas with neighbors. They're leaving the house Atlantic for the first City. time. Atlantic City. Atlantic City. I mean, sorry. City, Atlantic City. Atlantic City. <laughs> they said, Viva Atlantic City. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, but um, and then they forget to, uh, or they leave the dirt from their home countries under the bed and house, the housekeeper vacuums them up. <laughs> brilliant. I mean, brilliant. brilliant, brilliant premise. And of course, that Guillermo is tasked to fix it, and he has to borrow his, you know, his his alleged best friend's credit card, who gives it willingly because, even though he's getting ready to go on this massive gambling spree, but I just thought it was just a fun episode showcasing. This would be a fun starting point for people who've never seen the series, because it was an atypical episode, but it, 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 very character driven in terms of what everybody was doing, especially with uh, Colin. Uh, putting everybody to sleep. <laughs> Wait, what? 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 What Col- did you say? Colin, the, the, the energy vampire, putting everybody to sleep at the table every time he goes. Oh to my god, I forgot table. about that. That I was. Forgot I just thought, and, and the Rat Pack, Nadia, like, I know them, I know them, and it's like, uh, wasn't Sinatra not Asian last time? <laughs> and then, and then he just goes ring a ding, and he's like, I stand corrected. Like, I mean. <laughs> It was just, it was a half hour of inspired lunacy. Yes, I think, um, again, this will be boring, but uh, I I will just go into a few details of, um, I love that the the, the Laszlo, right? I forget, I'm terrible with names, but Laszlo and Nadia, Nadia, um, you know, they, I love their relationship, you know, and, um, you know, it, it, each of the characters, you know, are very fleshed out and you can can love and I do love each of them. But their relationship to me is like a character. You know what I mean? Um, just just the way that, the, you know, they've been together forever and they just let each other be who they are. I love that Laszlo is a is a dirty you know, dirty old vampire, you know what I mean? He's just, <laughs> everything about him is sex, sex, sex. Curse word, curse word, curse word, you know? Um, and that's hilarious. But but what I thought was sweet about the episode, it was absolute lunacy and so thick with jokes and so thick with, you know, just, it was hilarious. They make fun of uh, Atlantic City. They make fun of, uh, you know, uh, uh, the friendships. They make, I mean, I won't go into that. And but... the shout out to Big Bang Theory. Yes! I don't even watch Big Big Bang Theory, theory, but I know enough about it and, you know, and the standard kind of tropes and jokes and whatever. And they did a great job with that. And I don't even watch the show or am a fan. I want to say specifically that. um, But what I loved about it is that the show um, does kind of show their heart, you know, and I think that the episode really showed how much Laszlo genuinely appreciates uh, their, uh, the, the, the friendship that he has, you know, the human friend. And second, yeah. And, uh, sorry, his Atlantic city friend. And the whole half of the episode is about them trying to 
you know, help him out, you know? So I love the show because it is ridiculous. The lunacy, the jokes, the setups, but at, at the, at ho- oh, and this is important. Guillermo uh, um, is no longer their familiar and now their official bodyguard, but, you know, Laszlo and the, and the crew doesn't really, except for um, not Nando, doesn't respect him at all. So, you know, the changing of kind of making him family, which I like because I was getting a little sick of just him being a doormat. Uh, and I'm sure he'll still be a doormat. And the episode was a, still him being a doormat. But, it, you know, they have to give him that arc. I mean, I know he was the vampire killer, but he's always on the periphery. And now the show, I hope, is kind of forcing them to kind of really make him part of the family. So I like that as well. And then lastly, uh, I just want to say that um, I don't disagree with you, Tom. And and I'm such a fan. I want, you know, people to start, you know, just jump in. And yes, if they're gonna, but... I just kept thinking about it. And I, I, you know, while I was watching it, I I cannot say this enough. I want to say this. I said this last week, the beats on the show and the jokes are just so not normally what we see, you know, it's a little bit more like er, the early office, you know, it's, but it just, people need to give it a chance. It's wacky and fun and just kind of go for the ride when you first start watching the show. And I think like Shakespeare, if you watch one or two episodes, by the end, you'll kind of understand the language of the show and kind of what the comedy is. And then you'll be like, yeah, I can't do this. This isn't funny. Uh, or, but just really give it a chance because the characters are really rich, uh, you know, uh, especially over the seasons, they develop them. Uh, and they're all lovable. That's the thing, you know? So it's a, it's a sweet show. It, it, it sounds yeah. funny, you know, vampires. But anyway, people should give it a try. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about What If, and this was What If Killmonger Saved Stark's Life in the first Iron Man movie. And Tom, I want you to go first on this. What did you think of this? Shocker, we have another downer ending. I don't know, but I was oh, I was a lot more okay with this episode because Killmonger is so much fun. Yeah. It, it was interesting... Um... Boy, I want to know how many episodes, plural, did Chadwick Boseman uh, record before he passed? I heard four. Oh, it's four? Okay, because I I did not realize, you know, the first time he showed up after the Star-Lord episode, I was pleasantly surprised, and then we get another pleasant surprise. No, it it was kind of an interesting episode, but again, talking about the long con. Oh, yeah. Killmonger. I mean, sorry, if your code name is Killmonger, you're probably not a good guy. <laughs> I get it. There was no surprise in it for me. None. Um, but but it was interesting how everything unfolded, especially where, uh, you know, all the plot twists and turns so he can pull this long con to get into uh, Wakanda and take control, you know, take, take his birthright. Um, I thought it was interesting that they didn't really deal with the fact that T'Chaka had killed his father. Oh, I think he, they were going to. I mean, obviously, his next step was to kill T'Chaka. That was where he was going. But it felt like this was part one of a two-parter that yes. we haven't seen the second half of yet. Correct. I agree. So, so I don't know. You know, I mean, animation's great. They got a, a good chunk of the voice talent to reprise their roles, especially Michael B. Jordan as um, as Killmonger. He was great. Uh, 
I thought it was a good episode. I really enjoyed this episode. I, I thought it was solid. I didn't love it. I didn't. It just felt like it was, where's the rest of it? I mean, it even ends kind of with the cliffhanger. Yes. With this alliance between Shuri and Pepper Potts. Potts neither one played by the original voice, I might add. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering that. I tried to Google because it did not sound like Gwyneth Paltrow my, at all. My and... understanding is they, they invited all the original actors to participate. And on many levels, for example, Dave Bautista... The invitation never made it past his agent, and he's like, "Why didn't I ask to? <laughs> why didn't? Why wasn't I asked to play Drax?" And they said, uh, "Yeah, talk to your agent." <laughs> it's like wow. oh, somebody, somebody's getting a spanking. Seriously, uh, Libby, I want to hear what you have to say because I am more on the Tom side. Where uh, I, I will just say this: I, I love. What, how they like most of the time anyway how what the twist is and I, it was very intricate so all the changes to to what we know about how killmonger acted and you know what he did and how he ended up getting control of wakanda uh, i thought was fascinating um but you know we've all talked about but i think you specifically about how so much it is of a downer and i am so i've always been talking about how i'm kind of okay with it because you know i've leaned into the whole twice Twilight Zoney thing, and it's usually kind of a you know a negative. I think, or... I think for this one, my my yeah. thing was that I really like Killmonger. So okay. even though, and I knew when you like you said you introduce Killmonger, you know he's up to no good. Yeah, so no matter the whole, yeah, no matter what, and, and it's it, but the whole time I knew his objective was still the same. If you haven't changed his story, like, he didn't get rescued at, from Wakanda and raised in Wakanda. Like, that's the only way you would have changed Killmonger's story. Was that instead of the uncle leaving the little boy there, he might accidentally kill his brother, but he takes his nephew home. That is the only way that Killmonger's story is a different story than what we know. So, if he has the same backstory, then his objective is the same. So now you're wondering, I'm watching this going like, okay, so he's going to use Stark as a different end and we're going to change some stuff here and there. But I do find it hilarious that Tony Stark manages to get himself killed over and over again in every one of these what ifs. Uh, he can't stay alive longer than like the first five minutes or whatever. But I did, the end, but it does fit in his character that he's willing to accept somebody who saved his life and he's super enthusiastic. Though I did think it was weird when he made him CEO. I was like, really? I mean, I can understand head of security, but CEO, yeah. I was like, what? That's a little weird. Um, yeah. But uh, but all of it, but I did like, at the end, Tony was like, well, I'm not a complete idiot. He was like, I had monitoring equipment in my own weapons. So right. that, that actually works. But... Yeah, I just thought it was fun because we actually get to be in Wakanda and we really didn't spend a lot of time with T'Chaka before he got killed. So this was like seeing him more. And then we got to see the Queen Mother be awesome. So all of I that stuff. Say, yeah. Props to giving her more, more, get props to giving her more to do. Right. You know, and, and something really pivotal. I What I do like, but I guess what I didn't, you know, what I forgot to mention when I was speaking is I can't put my finger on it. I feel like, more like Tom where it was solid but I actually 
I don't know what why I it I it left sort of a maybe because I, I, maybe because I don't as much as I do like Killmonger and I thought his voice acting was excellent and it was clearly him. Um, I I didn't want him to win. I didn't want him to get control of Wakanda. Um, I didn't want well, him. Well, at killing the cliffhanger, him. he actually has not yet taken over well yeah fair enough but unlike you guys i don't need i don't need you know i don't need a part two like i don't i didn't say i needed a part two either because i just assumed that he's not gonna win because they've set up shuri and pepper Potts against him they're obviously gonna defeat him so i don't have a problem Right. Okay. What's made it sound like you guys were expecting and wanting a part two but no uh, no i was fine with it Oh, okay. For me, it was just about learning about the different ways that he manipulated every the whole situation. Like you said, we knew it was going to happen. So, uh, for I don't know why I can't put my finger on it. It's not one of my favorite episodes, but it's certainly solid, and I am enjoying the what if of everything. So I thought it was kind of a lazy title and and sort of you know, and I was kind of uninterested. I don't know why, but I think the title is uh, just you know, uh, it's just appropriate. It's simple. And I'm just watching and go, okay, let's see what if, you know, what if this was this way? So overall, uh, you know, I like the show a lot. Uh, and this episode was solid for me. All right. Thumb- I say thumbs up, Tom. Yeah. Thumbs up thumbs, for thumbs, sure. Just yeah. uppish. Uppish. Yeah. All I right, feel like we're... I'm in the middle. I feel like I'm in the. I feel like I'm in the middle of all of. I mean, the two of you with the with every show. But yeah, no, I liked it. All right, uh, well, next up, we're going to talk about Roswell. Um, so we haven't talked about the new season at all this season. So if you guys want to just give a quick overview, should we be okay. checking in the new season? What do you guys think? I, I'll I'll leave it to Tom. I I want to jump in because I want to say this. Uh, Tom has been uh, keeping up and enjoys the show. I I like it a lot. Uh, you know, I, I think it's an outlier show. We Like you said, we haven't talked about it a lot. Um, and so I binged. Uh, so to me, uh, that says a lot. Uh, I have not watched season three at all for, for multiple reasons, not because I didn't like the show, um, but I was a little nervous about going back to it and kind of thinking I couldn't remember how much I liked the show and sort of where it left off. So I binged it in a day. I think it was eight episodes. Um, and I know Tom and I are going to – Tom and I agree about this, and, and Tom's going to say stuff about this. There is the oldest soap opera trope of the evil twin. <laughs> And I was like, oh, dear God. I was like, okay, they've jumped the shark. Uh, And I think I held my breath for an entire 40 minutes, you know, when they introduced the double twin aspect of it. Like, you know, and he was evil. And although, so here's what I will say, because like Libby. Was was the evil twin from outer space? Yeah. So the evil twin. twin. Yeah. So wait, wait, wait. Right. So the evil twin is Max's uh, twin. But it turns out that that Max is a clone. So it's not yep. even like the evil twin is the clone because, you know, that's we've the been trope, watching you know, the mean? good twin. Yes, we've the been good watching clone. the clone, you know, and, and he was manufactured, you know, by the, the evil guy. So so anyway, there are a ton of reveals during the season, a ton. And each one, I will have to say, was like, oh, what? Oh, wait. Oh, nice twist. You know, so I won't give away stuff because I want people to be surprised if they watch this my, season. My but I'll let I find, take a- I, I find Max coma inducing is my issue. Wait, with so, good. so listen, so fair enough. 
Absolutely. I, I found him coma-inducing on the originals when he was on there, so I will address this quickly. Like many actors and many shows, I feel like they do the bad version better. You know what I mean? We talk about evil twins as a trope, so it's like... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, Libya, I don't think, you know, it, it, I think you bailed at first season, so you it's not worth it for you to jump on the I three. I finished first season. Right, that's and, what I said. Yeah. But you, you didn't see any of two. He definitely gets better. I think the chemistry between him and, and Liz, the lead, is good, is really good, slash mm. excellent, which is keeps me, right? Keeps me watching I, the show. I disagree so. with that, but continue. Well, but again, here's the thing. It gets better. I didn't like it at first at all. I didn't, because he has so little charisma. How can he be the, the second, the second, the other side of a, you know, huge, you know, romance that, that you know, kind of, you know, uh, pins the whole show. But I will say this. I believe, Tom, uh, and I think you agree, that they fixed it. They made it work. Uh, there's a bunch of reveals. Uh, 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 he pulls off, you know, evil twin. In fact, it makes him a better character. It makes him a better actor. Um, so I'm I'm super happy I, I caught up. And I still think it's a, just a, a, a slight, light, fun show that deals with a lot of social issues, surprisingly. They deal with the white power and they deal with, uh, you know, the immigration issues. And they don't do it lightly like it you know what i mean it's not a sidebar it's really well, the, part of the show the, the things that i appreciate about this show from the beginning is one they actually deviated from the source material and the first roswell series by making the characters older so instead yeah. of being in, you know the book series is called roswell high and these are adults from the beginning yeah. so i'm like that's interesting for a cw show and then by putting in new by putting new mexico in the title and by by making liz uh Latina, the uh, the social commentary is baked into the cake. Yeah. So, um, you know, I will kind of split the difference on you. Uh, okay. Nathan Dean Parsons, I mean, face it, he's from the soap operas. He was on General Hospital uh, before he started doing primetime soaps. He's good as what he needs to do. He's good looking. He occasionally takes his shirt off and the and female <laughs> viewers, female viewers find him appealing. Um, not this I one. I think the women overall tend to be the better actors on the show. Yes. Although Michael Trevino, who plays uh, Kyle, it's yes. funny because when he when Vampire Diaries started, he was definitely the weak, weak link acting wise on that show. And whether they send him to CW Acting School or whatever, but he's <laughs> he's decent on this. He's not fantastic, yes. but he's decent. Sure. Um, I thought the uh, one of the other fun reveals is that Jones, the evil twin, or the evil, the evil original source for the clones, is the dictator, and he's also Michael's father. Oh, you were you 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 gave all the spoilers. To well, people. you're supposed to. It's fine. Yeah, That's what we're this, talking this is, about. This is not that kind of podcast. Yeah, this podcast uh, fair, we don't care about spoilers. Fair, fair, yeah, fair. so it's interesting. They kept Liz away. I mean, they they broke Liz and. Uh, um, Max up at the beginning of the season. It's like that dance gets tired. Either yeah. get them together or don't. But I'm tired yeah. of the on again, off again. That's just an old thing. And yeah. it's already been picked up for season four, so they're already going to have more seasons than the original uh, WB show. But no, it's 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 a diverting show. There's you know, yes. it's well produced, um, and there've been some interesting plot twists and turns. So check it out. All right. Yeah. Uh, next up, I want to talk about American Rust. Did you check that out, Tom? 
I did not. Oh, boo. All right. I well, don't have showtime. I ran out of time. Okay. Well, I the only reason I watch it, other than they have advertised before it everywhere, is because yeah. I'm a I like Jeff Daniels. I'm a Jeff Daniels fan, and I will. He's least, awesome. He's he's amazing. Uh, this show had less Ted uh, Jeff Daniels than I wanted because it's more of an ensemble. Technically, he's the lead. Uh, technically, Jeff Daniels is the lead, definitely. But it, it, it is basically about all these different families and um, that live in this really small town in... I don't even remember where they are. They're near West Virginia. They're on the border. Because somebody was like, I'm from... Oh, they're, near, they're in... What's... They're in Pennsylvania, near the border of West Virginia. Because somebody in the episode was like, I'm from Philly. And and he's like, well, we're more West Virginia than actually Philly. So <laughs> I was like, okay. But it's just basically a small town and how things are run. And they have all these different relationships. And the main thing is, it's it ends up becoming kind... I don't even know if it's a murder mystery. Because the beginning of the episode leads into Jeff Daniels is the sheriff and he finds a dead body and they don't show you who's dead at the beginning. And you know three people went into that room and so you don't know who's dead. And so then you do like six months earlier, which I always hate, and then they set up everybody and you'll find out who all the players are. And then he goes back in that room at the end of the episode, which is surprising because I thought they were going to make me, you know, wait for a while. And they reveal who's dead and Jeff Daniels, in this case, is usually he's really smart. And technically speaking, he's probably smarter than most of the people in this town. But he did something really dumb, which is he's in love with this one woman. And her son is right out of high school. And he's kind of problematic. And at six months ago, Jeff Daniels went to bat for him because he had an assault case. He got into a fight at a bar. And the fight was not his fault. This guy totally picked a fight. The guy pulled a knife. He defended himself. But because he was the last guy standing, he got charged with stuff. And Jeff Daniels went out on a limb to get him not charged with fel felony assault and got a misdemeanor. So the judge was like, make sure you're right about this because if it comes back to burn you, you know, it's going to be a deal. And then you get to the end and it looks like that same kid actually murdered someone. And he takes the evidence that he did it was like his his school jacket got left behind and Jeff Daniels goes and hides the school jacket but there was some dust in the air and so his fingerprints are very obviously on the jacket so it's very obvious he moved the jacket um so in the course of the investigation if they find it he will be charged with obstruction of justice and that's bad but that's how the first episode ends I'm not sure if what they set up in the pilot is strong enough for me to keep watching. Because I don't know if I care if this kid killed the, the dude or not. Like, I mean, it's a super slow burn. It's a super slow burn. But Jeff Daniels is amazing in it. He's really, really good. But I don't know. So I'd like a second opinion if one of you guys want to check it out and tell me what you think i'd really appreciate it um but it's got two episodes so far so anyway 
I don't I don't know that I can, especially because of this review. I am a very a strong fan of Jeff Daniels. Also, I find it really fascinating that, you know, I, he was in, in movies like Dumb and Dumber. You know what I mean? And um, I think some other comedies and his I don't know if you want to say growth. I mean, I think he did. I mean, I even liked him in um, what was he in um, Point Break? I think. I mean, I mean, I mean. Uh, I was trying he, to figure out where you're going. Get, 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 where yeah, are you going he, with this? So, yeah. Well, I'm just saying that I agree with you. He's a very strong actor. I'm surprised that you know that, that that I like him even better in drama is what I'm saying. So I will try, but I feel like the subject matter, even minus the specifics, maybe I'm a little bit of a snob. You know, uh, I just I have no interest in that. But I, but because you say he, it's he's so strong in this, and because I am a fan, this is what I'm trying to say. I will try to watch it. <laughs> you <laughs> All right. Sold it. You haven't super. I did not. That and that's because I'm not sure how I feel about it. All right. Well, let's I move know, on. I know. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Why the Last Man. And this show uh, premiered with three episodes on Hulu. And uh, I'll let Peter start uh, the discussion of Why the Last Man since he's the one that was like, everybody, it's on. You got to watch it. So go ahead. Well, I read the comic. I'm wondering if, Tom, did you read the comic? I did not. Because yeah, the comic, I read it, it, it was, I think I read the comic maybe 10 years ago, and it was it was written in the 2000s. Um, and I liked it. I liked the comic. It made me read uh, other Brian K. Vaughn, uh, who's, who's one of the writers, uh, things. Um, so I was looking forward to the show. I was, I, I was a little, this is going to sound weird because, network shouldn't necessarily mean good or bad but because it was on hulu even though i do like only murders in the uh, building i was a little like huh hulu's gonna do this big sci-fi dystopian like thing like budget-wise yeah it's technically an fx it's an fx show that's playing on hulu i think he's right you know what you're right it is an fx show but even fx is still not hbo which was my point is that like it's not hbo (laughs) money Um, i was about to say i feel like hbo has already made that commercial but continue um right uh, so i so on hulu so i don't know how they did it on, on fx but on hulu they premiered the first three episodes and i thought they were okay. Um, I think most of the cast, except for ironically, the last man. I don't know who the actor is playing the last man. I think most of the cast is pretty solid. You have, um, wait, who is it? Oh, Joan of Arcadia, uh, Amber Tamblin. Oh yeah. wait, wait, Amber Tamblin. I have to say, I, the more I see her, the more I dislike her character. Well, which you're supposed to. I mean, you're like, supposed to. Yeah, yeah. But I thought, oh, wait, for, in case people don't know the show. The premise is that it's it's supposed to be somewhat our time and some kind of virus or something hits where every person with a Y room, every living being with a Y chromosome dies. Except is it ma- for, isn't it mammals? Yeah, all mammals. Yeah, mammals yeah. do. Oh, right. So in, in theory, so you're saying insects are not affected or right. fish. Right, right. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> mammals. I don't think they have a sex. Correct, correct. So, except for Yorkin, is it Yorkin? Is that yes. his name? Yes, Yorick. 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 He's Yorick. named after Shakespearean uh, like, fool. Shakespeare, right. So, Yorick is probably in his 20s, and he has a monkey. So, those are the only two with the Y chromosome mammals that seem to be, at least on the show, in the comic, it's like, yes, they're the only two left. The show is sort of flirting with, like, 
could there be somebody else? We don't know. So I guess in the show that they know of, at least so far in 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 uh, the in the country, um, him and the monkey are the only one uh, left. What I do like is that um, because the, you know the comic book was written in the two thousands, they don't really deal a lot with like being trans not really as i recall i read somewhere that they actually did a little and i was like i don't remember that obviously in the world we're living in now like it would make more sense to you to deal with that and i think that's cool like uh um he the you know he actually has a sister whose uh friend is um what you call it who whose friend is, friend is trans male and the the one of the hooks sort of like battlestar galactica is that their mom, because this happens, she becomes president of the United States. I forgot like how far down the line she is. Like, was she a senator? She was a uh, she was a congresswoman. Yeah. She's a congresswoman. So it's not like Battlestar, where Battlestar she was like thirty fifth in line or something. I mean, it was like pretty far down. So she's not that far. Um, but so they have the pieces. There's basically the first three episodes are almost kind of just setting up the board. Um, I guess the things I liked was I, I I do like when it happens. Like we see it happen, and we see just you know people you know um, that was done really well. A lot of a lot of bleeding, like little like little rats and stuff, just like animals. Oh, the rats! Rats. That was cool. Yeah, like they were on the date, and those rats started coming down the alleyway. That was that was pretty cool. I thought that was really effective, and I guess I thought that it, it was interesting that when we think of. You know, especially in in this country, we think of how messed up you know our uh, politics can be and everything. And a lot of it is a lot of um, a lot of loudmouth uh, men, white men. So there's a weird part of me that's like, oh, this is interesting. So if all the men died, you know, like what would happen? You know, um, but Anthony as we happen, right? As we see, it's like, well, part of it is there. The system was set up a certain way that now. Um, a lot of people are screwed anyways. And then I thought it was interesting that you, you start to already see the, what, what I guess we would see as like the Trumpers or whatever are still annoying as ever. Like, it's like, oh, this would be great. I think you mean the right wing conservatives, Peter. Right. No, no, I, I think we lost the listeners. <laughs> kidding. Not, kidding. Not I don't necessarily think it's just, I mean, I think this show is uh, is it just conservative? I don't know. Like I, I think they, I, I think they, the I think the issue, I think legitimately, the conservatives' issue is the president was a Republican, and now with the line of succession, it becomes a Democrat, and so they're kind of mad. And I totally get it. Like I think that I think that their concern is valid to a certain sure. degree, right? Sure. But I feel like I think the Amber Tamlin character, who is is she the daughter? Yeah, she's just the daughter. Yeah, the daughter of the, the former the president, the late president. Right. She the, she seems like a trumper to me because she has a lot of stuff about like seems the like the importance like of, yeah the importance of being a guys guys guys. Let's stay with the story of the sci-fi thing, well, please. Well, no, no. Okay. That, I, I think that I think they're updating it along along with adding trans people, which I think is great. I do think politically they are adding that flavor. This person who's very can we big can we it. talk about our secret agent? Super topical. Yes, let me jump in. So there yeah. is right. So there's a secret agent that happened that um, sees all this stuff happen. Who was actually 
who only answers to the president. So now yeah. that there's a new president, now answers to um, this new new president and everything. But I, I, think thing, the, I think the character is really interesting. I think she's I, interesting, yeah. and she also seems to be one of the. It's one of those things where she's one of the only characters who seems like smart in a way whose instincts to do things are kind of what most of us viewers would do. It's like, well, that makes sense. So essentially in the first three episodes, yes. Um, he gets back to his mom who obviously the optics of that is not good. Like the people who brought him in are probably like, wait a minute. So every, every male with a Y chrome, every human male with a Y chromosome died except for the president's like son. son. Yeah. How is that possible? Isn't that convenient? And it starts to, and, it, and that could easily spin into conspiracy theories. Again, that's something also that is very relevant in today's world. Um, like I, I like all of that. Honestly, my biggest thing is more that I feel like the main guy is kind of, he's kind of meh. Like I think he's supposed to be by design. It's a smart idea not have him be super awesome. It's like, of course not. He is, he's a messed up guy. He's pretty terrible with like trying to think that he's engaged to his girlfriend who clearly is trying to leave him like i mean he's he's clearly supposed to be a messed up person like which i get on paper that makes sense i guess i just feel like maybe a different actor would have made it more charming i've never seen this actor before who libya you said that he was the he, he was he's the a second yeah he's a second choice they had they had cast somebody else and then they recast clearly they should have gone with the third choice yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah he's just He's not. He's just kind of schmucky, and I'm just yeah. like, man, like. Wait, Peter, Peter, let let somebody else talk real quick. Uh, Tom, well, yeah, go ahead. I think he's, he's okay. not a charming slacker. He's just an annoying slacker. But listen, go ahead. Let Tom go first, because because oh, both of you guys Tom. are trying to talk. Go ahead, Tom. Here, here's my problem. Episode one was terrific. Episodes yeah. two and three are not. That was a mistake. They should have really tightened those episodes because when you get viewers in and then you let them down, and the thing with the sister was fascinating, and she disappeared. Yeah, and like she's not in the yes, next episode. Yes, That's true. Yeah. Yes. So, point. I mean, and they need to maximize use of the premise. So, because such an interesting, unique premise. And then they're they're basically trying to play it as if it's just another twenty four, except for you have a mostly female cast. And I'm like, yeah, you can you guys can do better than that. Yeah, they're not spending a lot of time with the with the Agreed. with the people outside. We're in the White House, especially in the third episode. We're in the White House the whole episode. That's so weird. All right, uh, Yusun, go ahead. Go ahead, Yusun. Okay, I, I'll just jump on some of the stuff that you guys said. Uh, the 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 Secret Service agent who isn't actually a Secret Service agent is sort of more CIA. She's a black she's special agent. It I makes call sense. Yeah, it it makes sense that she is good at at her job and thinking big picture. And you know, I knew that she was going to kill the pilots. There's I did too. No yeah. way. There's no way they could survive. But I loved. I did love. Uh, that the twist was she's like, let me take care of them. And I thought, ooh, she's going to kill him in a broom closet. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I was like, you know, I was full on, like, she's going to do the spy stuff. Again, not interesting. However, they make her interesting. She goes, let me take care of them. And then wait, she wait, goes, wait, 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 wait. Did you guys think she killed the pilot? Oh, she absolutely killed yes! the pilot. Yes. No, because yes, she's like, in the helicopter. What? How did you not see that, Peter? When the helicopter Peter. She she was like, wait, what's going on? She's no, like, she like, didn't. That was the guy. The guy was acting. Like, no, no, no. They 
Yeah, she acted, and I will jump on that. I mean, I will, I will expand on that. I love what they did with the show because even when the fir- when it first happened, you know, when the you know the blank hit the fan, um, she they showed her humanness. She like went and threw up. I mean, here is a seasoned professional. We saw her do the the whole bomb thing, and she was slick and cold, and you know the whole thing. But I really like the smaller details of the show uh, where she. Um, where uh, she 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 threw up and she was really sick and she was nervous and disoriented, which is so realistic. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, we see her as being so good at her job and a real thinker, but human. So I, I think there was a, a, a there was the acting when the helicopter. I mean, the scene in the with the helicopter was again excellent with the subtlety because she did know she it was so acting for him, but on her well, face I mean, you could tell you, she was conflicted. Peter, if you go back and watch it. She's waiting for the helicopter to blow up. Yeah. She's yep. waiting yeah. for it. Yeah, and she's she's conflicted. At the end of the scene, she's conflicted. You can see it on her face. And I thought props to the actor. I mean, uh, Peter, you missed it. But, you know, um, I, you know, but so that made it really interesting. And the, the, the last thing I will say, and this is important, uh, Tom, you, 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 you went there and I'll go further. And, uh, you know, to me, it's like I, I really want to like this show a lot, uh, but it definitely has problems. But the biggest one is not just the lead actor, but the writing. I have a really hard time. I mean, the whole time I kept thinking, why, man, why? Like, for, you know what I mean? Like, I really was like every choice he made. I get that we were supposed to set it up. They set it up that he was a loser. You know, I get that, you know, I get that he um, you know, is, is different. And, you know, quite frankly, in all respect, uh, you know, I, I wondered if they were setting it up and this would have been a, a interesting choice if he was on the spectrum, because I really was confused uh, at, at, you know, wh- where are they going with this? Like how much of a, of a difference are we going to see in terms of what we might expect would be the most direct and obvious and logical choices. So I couldn't, I wasn't down with that. And even the sister, which uh, Libya, you alluded to about, you know, interesting and this and that, I have to say that I was so happy that her friend called her out at the end and was like, listen, I don't care what your mother did to you. This is a whole, this is a whole different ball game. You know, right, this, is right, right. this is whatever, get it together. Right. You know, we are calling her. She is president of the United States. And so I found that unbelievable. After one episode, I really was expecting her to have her, you know, epiphany, come to Jesus moment, be like, yeah, you know what? Like, this is out of control. I, You know, that first episode, she was in shock because she accidentally murdered her lover. So I get it. And everyone's adjusting to the apocalypse. But it was became so unrealistic what both of the children did that they would yeah. not contact not only their mother, but she is president of the United United and there's a, it's not even like they didn't know. It's not even like they didn't know Correct. because the announcements are going over all the intercoms. So they all know. So yeah, it's, yeah. it was so stupid. I'm having a hard yeah. time. I'll just, I'll just close it up. I'm having a I'm kind of sort of hate watching it because I, you know, obviously it's, you know, they're going to correct it eventually, but I, that is well, too much to they, ask me. To yeah. Do. And I think the monkey is being used as a plot, uh, whatever, and causing the the main guy to do even dumber things than a yes. normal dumb person would do. Yes. So, like, the first time the monkey goes into the subway and he has to wade through 
infected waters to try to get his monkey back and then it puts him in danger and then the next time he's in the room at the white house his mom's like no one can see you and then he lets the monkey out of the room he has to go chasing the monkey down the hall i'm like come on you can't do that twice in two episodes that's ridiculous and so i and i was like at this point my monkey's gone whatever because because peter was (laughs) like if that was your pet if that was lynn would they? Would you go after? I was like, first of all, Delenn doesn't like water. We wouldn't have this issue. So, <laughs> second of all, um, she would only have run down the hall if there was a squirrel, and then she would come back. So I know, and I know that my dog will come back to me. And my thing is, his monkey would always come back to him. Why are you running into water when you know your monkey's right. going to come back? Like it's just right. dumb, just dumb yeah. stuff. And yeah, that that part bothered me. If only they had no award-winning graphic novel that they could follow for plot. I know, right? Oh, my goodness. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to something great. We're going to talk about the series finale of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Say it ain't so. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss to this. I mean, I... I, this is, we always talk about this, landing the plane, the blah, blah, blah. This was such fan service. This was a love letter to fans. This was a love letter to themselves. This was the great big warm hug. And let me tell you, I get props. I get props. Since we don't care about spoilers, I specifically asked or said, no Halloween episode? And they backdoored the Halloween Yes, episode. they did. Yes, they did. I mean, I nearly cried actual tears. Of, you know what I mean? Not, not sadness, um, but tears of laughter and tears of joy because I thought, this show is perfect this episode so even the fact that they backdoored the halloween the fact that they i really i think we were all wondering how are they going to end it like what is going to be the 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 motivator and the fact that it was a heist you know uh was just perfect i could no we did predict the heist we did predict the heist oh my god and it was like it was hilarious i was we know that the heists are all about twists you know double double triple triple you know backstabbing so i i lost count of how many people oh there was so many there were so many i was like oh god this is like the dark there's like time jumps you know and there's like you know betrayals and there's doubles you know because there was like you know bill the you know charles you know i mean they're just it was so fun uh you know and they just turned up the volume on every single you know thing that they're known for and even the little jokes right in the beginning i knew we were in for it when i want to see the writer's uh, board figuring out who betrayed who for what I like. I want to see all the cards that they have on the board to to follow the actions of everybody. That yes, would be amazing. Yes, and I just I'll end here by saying because you guys will talk plenty about it. The, even right from the beginning for me, you know, the little jokes. I was so nervous for the show. I was nervous for me, and I was like, please pay off. You know, I've invested so much on this show. I love them so much. Um, and when Jake was in every single person's bed, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then every he jumps out of closets, hides behind robes, and you know when he goes to Charles, and Charles is like, "Where's Nikolai?" And he's like, "He's in the closet crying." No, but the great one, like, no, the best was Holt. He was like standing there behind the robe, and he was like, "If you're here, who's in the shower?" And they opened the shower, and it was like Holt. He was like, "It's Holt. ice day," and I was like, "That's brilliant." Right, but that wait, so not good. only was he in the shower, right? Because that's a trope or whatever. He, the shower was running on him in his uniform. <laughs> it you know was what I mean? great. It was so great. 
as as much fun as this episode was, and it was a lot of fun, that last conversation between Peralta and Holt yeah. gave all the feels. And yeah. I really think, I mean, the, the two biggest takeaways of this series in general and these two actors in general is you forget, or, or going into the series, probably a lot of people didn't know Andre Brower had a funny moan because he got his Oscars for, like, homicide and really dark, you know, typical, you know, grim, gritty cop stuff. And Andy Samberg, I hope he has an amazing career after this because he can do pretty much everything. I mean, yeah. the, the things he's written, the things he's done on this show, the way that, the, I mean, they know, this team... We have not seen a. Sh- I haven't seen a series finale this perfect in a while. Yeah, just it hit all the right buttons, but it was. I was. I was. I. I was getting for Klimt because I'm gonna miss these guys. Yeah, oh, and the Kool Aid. Terry is. Kool-Aid oh, <laughs> Kool Aid man! Oh my goodness! I like that, that he kept not- denying it. He was like, "Why are you guys assuming that I could go through a wall? I can't go through a wall. You guys are crazy. I can use my brain." And then he's like. They're like, well, how are you going to get totally out of here? I can totally go through a wall. He's like, I can always do it. He's like, I, <laughs> I just don't like getting used for my muscles. That was great. Uh, and then we have Peralta leaving. So Peralta leaves, Amy leaves, and Holt leaves. And we have a whole new crew at the end. And what's fantastic is, like you hinted at, is they show up for Halloween talking about, we're doing the heist! Night night! We're coming back! And I thought, oh! perfect i just want to imagine them doing the halloween heist every year i mean uh it was so good peter did you not watch the show do you not watch the show he watches the show i was just listening to you guys yeah i loved it i thought it was i thought this whole season was really good i thought the season i thought season seven had some ups and downs but i really thought that with a limited you know limited to 10 episodes and knowing it was their final season I mean, I think it was really. Oh, actually, technically, I guess it's nine because the finale is like a. But it's one hour, first. but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I thought I I thought it was really great. I thought that they really like, you know, the, you know, having a limited number of episodes. Each episode I thought was kind of special in its own way, and I thought the finale. I thought the same thing you guys did. That I was like, oh, are they not gonna? I was like, how are they not doing a heist? Like, that's weird. And then it's the finale. I was like, oh, that's great. Um, I also like the cameos. Um, I liked seeing G- Gina Linetti. And- oh, they did mm-hmm. yes. As the big reveal. She she had a big reveal t-shirt on. And if you didn't know, she wore a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, she kept having a lot of reveals. All those t- another another Again, another reveal yet again or something yeah. like that. Like, uh, But I thought that was great. I thought the... I. I have to say, I was secretly hoping that Munch was alive this whole time. And I was like, oh, my God, are they going to bring back Kira Sedgwick? Um, oh, yeah. They do, a Kira Sed- they do do a thing for the character, which I thought was pretty good. When they're like, who puts the- – Who puts balloons? balloons? <laughs> He's like, oh, I come here every week. You know, like, uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't have any complaints. I thought it was it was pretty terrific. I, I thought that – I thought that they did a good job of, like, you know, they set up in the previous episode that Holt's like, I think I'm going to retire. I want to be with Kevin. So you're like, oh, okay, that's the last episode. That makes sense. And then they add to it, and they're like, well, actually, it's also that Peralta's going to leave, you know? Like, and I was like, oh, okay, that, that really does mean, like, even more that, you know, 9-9 is, is uh, disbanding. Um, I kind of thought that the last last moment should have just, should have been, but it makes sense what they didn't, was when uh, Peralta 
and Holt are talking, and then Holt says something, you know, whatever. Paul just says something, then he's <laughs> like, you mean, you know, name me your sex tape? Did yeah, title that? of your sex tape. And, right, and then Peralta's like, he's like, yes, you did, sir. I, at that moment, I was like, oh, is that it? Is, like, that, is that the last shot? Which I thought would have been pretty perfect, but what they do is great, because it's like, nine, nine! I was like, yeah, that's great. It's the whole, like, cast and everything. Yes. Um, that was really good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. All right. Well, let's wrap this one up. We're saying thumbs up. Yeah, yep. yep. Thumbs up, toes up, elbows up, all of it. All right, next up, we're going to talk about C. And this is episode three and four, because I was lax and didn't watch three last week. Uh, go ahead, Tom. I see you can, you're chomping at the bit. Go ahead. Well, the big thing that I wanted to, that I wanted to talk with you about last week is that we finally got rid of Chilla Morrell, because he's a jerk. And, you know, I couldn't Dave understand. Batista. I couldn't understand why... We kept going back to him. I was like, after after uh, uh, Baba Voss puts out his eyes, I was like, all right, he's done. Like, why are we going back? He's like, you have to find surgery to guilt fix me. And I was like, first of all, the only surgeons you have are blind people. How are you going to do surgery? But, you know, so he was just like, you got to figure out a way to fix my eyes. I was like, dude, you are screwed. And they kept going back to him and they kept going back. To- I was like, why? This dude is annoying. And then, of course, Dave Batista shows up, and yes, it was awesome. So. <laughs> night, night. <laughs> he was like, "I will get my eyes fixed," and Batista was like, "No, you're not." <laughs> that that was the major thing I wanted to talk to you about from last week's episode. This week's episode, yet again, we have another we have another emo, annoying, you know, young manish not listening to his mama, who's in a power position. It's like, dude. If mom says, stay put, don't let anybody see you, stay put, don't let anybody see you. Well, well, to his advantage, everybody's blind, so most yeah, people are still, not going to see him. Yeah, but still, I mean, they, when they, you find out that... They hear him. True, but they don't know who he is. Uh, he had an advantage. The only thing is, I can see why he would do this, because as far as he knows, his, par- his parents raised him, they're happily married... He comes up and his mom's like, so I'm going to get married to this other random dude right now. Don't worry about it. Stay in your room. And that's literally the first thing he hears. So I totally understand why he was like, what the heck is going on? Still. No, I mean, he's still a grown auntie. Yeah. Oh, crazy auntie. Yes. That's a whole other thing. Just me or didn't she kind of hint that she might want to bone him to oh yeah she wants kids. a side yes she said okay, she wants a so, side of kids so that wasn't me imagining no kids. that was not you yeah. she already told her uh. sister i'm going to bed your son she already said that to her which is super creepy um, <laughs> ew i know but i mean i think that it would be different if your mom is like do what i tell you and you're a child but he's not a child and he's been going he's been through a lot and to treat him like he's five, she could have very quickly told him, look, you're in danger because it's, it would have been a very quick conversation. She chose not to have it and just told him to be obedient. That That's the other thing that kind of annoyed me with this episode. It's one of those things where if people knew what everybody else knows, that there wouldn't be any... You're artificially putting up roadblocks. For example, sending... Um, Sending her her new brother in law to to extract the daughter from you know. Well, there's no way that she could know that the daughter's free. There's no way you would know that. 
the still... problem that that I don't have a problem with because don't they have ravens or something? <laughs> <laughs> but the only people that know it are the enemy, who's not going to tell them, and Baba Voss, who has no way to tell them. He's on his way to tell them. He's, he is two days away, and she sent the brother-in-law. Um, so there's no way for that to information to be exchanged. So I totally. I totally have no problem with that. What I have a problem with is her son very legitimately is like, Mom, what is going on? And he's not five, and it does not take that long to explain. And she's like, just stay in your room and be quiet. And he's, <laughs> How long would it take to say, your aunt's crazy, I'm trying to make sure y'all don't get killed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's all she has to say. But now, because she doesn't say anything, her son doesn't trust her anymore. And even when she comes to tell him later, she's like, okay, we got married, but it's not what you think. And she still doesn't explain anything. She's like, well, yeah, I did totally resent your sight when you were a kid, but that's because I thought it would pull you away from me. And he's like, yeah, mission accomplished. But his mission accomplished is not because of her behavior. It's because now he feels like he doesn't know who she is. She's getting married to some random dude without any explanation. That's my problem. Speaking of random dude, played by Allison's fan favorite, Tom Mizum. He did great um, this episode, and I can't tell. Question, do you think that he went back to the Queen and they they pushed up the date of the marriage between the two of them to screw over the sister, or do you think the Queen did that on her own? I think the Queen did that on her own. Okay. You know, the thing is, he's he's in it for himself. Yes, Absolutely. And, He's wisely, I mean, and he's to, he's basically told Margra he's in it for himself, which is why you know they seem to have an alliance. I don't I, I don't trust him because not at all. That's why I didn't know whether he he changed the dates. I I don't, I don't know what if he had an opportunity to double cross Margra, but what is he going to gain by double crossing her? But the I think is, but I think the thing is, without a marriage, he doesn't get any advantage. He's not guaranteed an advantage without the marriage. I think his own thing is the queen is a is a is a liability. They both oh, yeah. know the queen's a liability, which is why he didn't ask to marry the queen. He wanted to marry the younger sister. Well, he initially suggested marrying the queen, and she wasn't having it. She's like, I may be crazy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> but I also think that he was more interested in the younger sister anyway. And yeah. I think well, they had they, they they had chemistry. Right. And I think his plan is, hey, let's kill your sister. Like, I feel like that's that's where this is going, is let's kill your sister, you'll be queen, I'll be your consort, do, done. And it was to his advantage to be married to her, because if her husband comes back without them being married and only engaged, he gets nothing out of this deal or alliance. So even if she's like, I'll convince my sister to move my army, there's no guarantee that she's going to be able to do that. So I think he did go back to the sister and be like, hey, let's make sure this wedding happens soon. Huh, interesting. Um, I just didn't feel uh, like the younger sister offered him enough in the deal. When they were doing the dealing, I was like, How? Well, what's she's got it? no cards. She's got no cards to play. Exactly my point. So It's, 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 a, it's like a promissory note. I owe you. <laughs> right. So it, it makes no, the, the best advantage he has is the actual wedding. So her talking about we're going to delay it forever doesn't do him any good. 
So that's why I think he went back to the sister and was totally like, yeah, make the wedding happen in a couple of days. And then she does it, and then he can act dumb with the other sister. who's like, oh, I don't know what's going on. So that's my impression. I don't know which uh, one of us is right. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. You, you raised very interesting points. I hadn't thought about it that deeply, but... Uh... All right, well, let's move on. Uh, this last episode was not as good as the previous one, but... Nope. But uh, everything's going to break loose when Baba Voss gets there and finds out his wife is married to some other dude. That's going to be a problem. Yep. Uh, I don't see Jason Momoa taking that sit- sitting down. All right, so next up, we're going to talk about Ted Lasso and a very different episode of Ted Lasso, which was an hour long. And was you, felt you keep like saying an hour long? It was only 40, like 47 minutes or whatever. That was for a half-hour comedy that's long. The net, Ugh, the, it felt the like streaming... it was three days. It felt forever. It felt like it was It felt like it, five... I think it was in real time. And that's all <laughs> the documentary. Ugh. Oh, come on. I did not like this episode at all. <laughs> oh. I did not. I'm just saying I didn't like it. I like Beard. And, and if it had been... I turned on Ted Lasso to see a certain thing. This was not Correct. that thing. Yeah. And also... Uh, yeah, and also I like to see Ted Lasso. Also, I felt like his connection with reality was all over the place so you didn't know it was real it was not real and so i was like is he high did someone give him drugs what is happening it was confusing it was i don't i yeah i totally this was for me not the episode just for um the the name of the episode is beard after hours and it is a complete homage to martin scorsese's comedy after hours with uh, yep. Griffin Dunn and Rosanna Arquette. That's so fine. If you if you did not know that, that might have blunted your appreciation of the episode. I ate it up. I thought it was great. We talked about this a little bit before. Uh, I think last week or week before. One of the things that several of the ensemble comedies are doing this season in their current seasons is really expand expanding the. Reaching out to the supporting characters and sometimes the recurring characters, and giving you more of a sense of who they are. And I, and I appreciate that. I if this was an all you just wanted a different vehicle, right? I, I don't mind Beard. I like Beard. I like Beard's story. This I don't know what the heck this was. Beard. You know, I, I mean, I had no problem with Beard running into Jamie Tart's dad in the middle yeah. of an alley. Like all of that was fine, but the psychedelic drugged out aspect of it is what really didn't work for me. And it needed to be well, short. It was way too long. It was way too fat. It was way too long. But 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 uh, to, to Tom's point, uh, and this is where I have the problem. If you haven't seen After Hours, which I did, and I remember being mixed about it. I know it's with Scorsese's, you know, comedy, you know, kind of break. I mean, not that he's never, never done a comedy. but And I think it has like a, you know... Um, a cult-like following. I don't. Yep. Re- I, I remember enjoying the movie enough, but if you haven't seen it, then this is a bit of a chore. That you know, it does absolutely follow the the, the story uh, and the energy of it. So, uh, Libya, to speak to that, the movie talks. The, and I'll, I'll go to Beard. I, I will go. I will stay with the episode. Um, but the movie is paced a certain way. It, it's psychedelic. It's real. It has so so in that sense, it is a fantastic homage. But if you haven't seen and or liked it, it is a chore. And I love Beard. I love his silent but 
a deadly old man on top of the mountain, you know, kind of uh, energy, you know, he doesn't say much, but when he does, you know what I mean? Right. you know what I mean? And, like, that's his thing. I do not mind that they went into his backstory or not – it's not a backstory, but a side story. I love all of that, but I think it was too self-indulgent. I think it was a little too smart for its own good. You know, I the whole time I thought the writers in the writer's room were patting themselves on the back. You know, they clearly loved this movie, you know, in the 80s. I think it was, like, 85. So, for me, I thought it was – self-indulgent it was you know like like you said it wasn't what we come for for ted lasso it was funny there were jokes in it you know um and i'm okay that the jokes were a little bit not ted lasso-y because coach beard is you know like a different person yeah yeah you know he's the different one in the show he brings a different comedy energy so all of that made sense i don't even mind the length uh, it's so much if I wouldn't have minded the length if if it just didn't feel because the movie after hours drags on it's just that it's so it absolutely mirrored the energy but so I won't even go into the details of of the of what happened to him but yeah I gotta go with you I is and Tom I'm in the middle again it what it did is an homage and how they did it and all of it brilliant brilliant but I don't watch Ted Lasso for for that and uh, I did think that they just they just were so proud of themselves they let it go on for too long it did not need to be an hour if it was going to be an homage of a fringe movie that was 30 years ago it did not need to be an hour you know what i mean but they were just so happy with themselves they gave themselves an hour or 45 minutes and and so yeah it was it was hard to watch because i was just like uh you know so let's tom tom what did you like how about that no i I love the focus on Beard just to see that he has he had that he was really down about uh, the breakup with him and I can't I, Jane I Payne Jane, Jane, Jane Payne and uh, I'm a big fan of, of of episodes that kind of break the format um, Mr. Corman did that with one of the early episodes usually a, se- a series in the first season doesn't do that but they did a whole episode about Victor uh, the roommate that was so, awesome, but, but I I really like this episode. So I mean, I, I don't mind why... I don't mind you breaking the formula, and I don't mind a story about Beard, but it literally didn't even feel like the same episode or the same show. Like if you yeah. had shown this to somebody and shown them an episode of Ted Lasso, they would not think this was the same show at all. Um, and like I said, if they didn't have so much psychedelic aspects to it, and it was trimmed to a nice thirty minutes. I would have tolerated it more. That that's all. Peter, I take it you didn't. You're you're behind on Ted Lasso, right? Yes, I was correct on that. All right. Um, I'm sorry, Tom. We couldn't back you up on your <laughs> your love for this episode. <laughs> all right, let's uh let's wrap this up. If you guys have any questions or comments, you can send them at tvcampfire@gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You can listen to us on Sci-Fi Radio. And we not listen to iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. 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 Later.